Set your course for the Hoth system. General Veers, prepare your men. All troops will debark for ground assault. Prepare to target the main jet. Echo Station 3TA. On an Imperial Walker. Attack pattern Delta. Go now. Watch that crossfire, boys. Right now, I feel like I take on the whole empire myself. Target, maximum firepower. Imperial troops have entered the bay. Imperial troops have entered the bay. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Echo Base. This is episode number 183, recorded on July 21st, 2019. I am joined by my two trusty co-hosts. So got, trusty's good, right? You guys like sure. That? That's a little Yeah, overblown. we've got you fooled. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's a bit. <laughs> These two Considering voices, that the best feedback that we got from last week's episode was force sperm. <laughs> that's. Uh, I'll yeah. ask well, you about you know. that offline because we need to keep this family friendly. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> you were there, Eric. What happens in Echo Base stays in Echo Base. You were with us. In fact, I think you edited the show. I've cleared <laughs> it from my mind, though. I, I've purged it. Uh, it's called a coping mechanism. I'm not going to bother introducing you guys now because they've heard your voices. They know who you guys are. It's Eric I'm and Eric. Tim. Who? Eric. 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 With a K. With a K. With a K. Okay. And Tim. And Tim. Yeah, there are some me. who call him Tim. Tim. Yeah, some call me Tim. Some call The rest of things. us, <laughs> we've got a list. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, no, Eric, you've made some significant changes to our Discord server. Yeah. Yeah, we've got some a uh, couple of quick network, network announcements here. Um, the main one being that we have kind of revamped the Discord server a bit and uh, tried to streamline things to make it a little easier for the new users who are coming in to to keep up with things and also to to try it's to make it easier uh, for the hosts too. Yeah, easier for the hosts, uh, and also <laughs> to to pick up some of the activity levels and get some good conversations going and stuff. So uh, if you're curious about that, head over and check it out. Uh, you can. Join us if you haven't already at randomchatter.com slash discord. It's free, so come join us. Awesome. Uh, we're also doing a little bit of cross-promotion across the entire network this week because of a little thing happening out in California the last few days called San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, Marvel got that? lots of love. Star Wars, not as much. I think they shift the Star Wars stuff until next month when D23 happens, yeah, right? Yeah, I was just expecting yeah. like a little so, bit, though. I was hoping for a little bit, but yeah, not a lot. So um, we're going to have some coverage of Random Chatter. Of course, Guardians of the MCU will have some stuff, and uh, DC Talk will also have a little bit of news probably, right? They don't have much, you see. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, before we get going here, uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of us, uh, you know, not during the show, wait till we're done recording, recording and talking. But you can get us an email, uh, random chatter. Uh, no, they can send us an email right now. You want What's them to? What's wrong with that, Lou? Pause the podcast and email right now. No, about... do it while you're listening to us. Just make sure that you're in the middle of your lane while they're as you're driving. Yeah. While you're listening to us, and then send the email. Hey, or they Siri. could live tweet the show. You as they send listen an email. To us. They could. Oh, my phone just, I'm, you know, whatever. I'm kidding. Don't email in driving. <laughs> hey, Siri. Hold your phone up to the speaker, Lou. Hey, Siri. No, no it's in my ears. No, no. Search for. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so you can find us uh, via email, echobase at randomchatter.com. Instagram and Twitter. Um, Instagram, you can find us at Force Chatter. Uh, you can find me on, on Twitter at um, Lou Skywalker, Skywalker with the E. Uh, Tim, where can they find you? 
at Qui-Gon Tim. That's Tim with two M's. And Eric, are you still on Twitter? I may go back to it. I don't know. If I awesome. do, it'll be at Eric Blight. That's E-R-I-K-B-L-Y-T-H-E. Nice. Nice. I'm, I'm sorry, thinking about it. I think I do sound really sexy with this new mic. It sounds so good. I like it. <laughs> Tim. What? I, there are show. so many jokes I want to make right now about how focused Tim is on himself in that way. But again, it's a family I, show, so I won't. It just sounds good. This is a great mic. I'm really, really happy with this. So you don't sound just gotten this person, mic last right? week. No, no, the mic, it's it a lot of it's the mic. It's a lot of it's the mic. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Let's, let's be clear but on that. The mic makes me sound better yeah. than I really am. It doesn't make you sound any smarter. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, did I say that out loud? I'm oh. sorry. Oh, my God. Remember what I did to Eric before we started recording? <laughs> Welcome <laughs> yeah, to Random Chatter Throwdown, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Um, you can also find us on Discord. You know, Join our Discord server, as, as Eric said. Um, there are a bunch of free channels out there as well. You get to our pay channels if you uh, subscribe to us for at least a dollar a month via Patreon. Uh, we encourage that most of our donors are a dollar a month, and it does get you yeah. into all of our channels. I'm not sure how many we have now. Eric revamped everything, but probably I, I haven't counted. Plus. But, but we have much more efficient channels. We'll put it that way. We do. And we really, do. you know, we, we say our, our pay channels, and, and it sounds like it's behind a paywall and all that. But I want to make it clear: the intent was that it, it's a a way of giving back to the people who help support the network. It's not yes. like you're paying to get the Discord right. channels. Yeah, you're you're donating a dollar to the network and then we're giving this to you as a perk. And honestly, it's a, it's a dollar like any fast food restaurant other it's than a, McDonald's. That's less than half the price of a large soda. So, I mean, don't feel that mm -hmm. bad about it. No, no. we shouldn't. It, it's a good perk. I mean, uh, people are really active on there. The hosts are active on there. You interact with us, you know, throughout the week, not just when we're recording and, and listening to us here. But and how uh, many times do we hear people say, you know, I'm listening to you guys in, in the radio in my car and I keep talking back to you guys because, you know, I, <laughs> well, here is your opportunity to go and actually converse with us about what we discuss in these episodes. We have free channels in Discord specifically so that you can go in. And uh, talk about Echo Base number 183, this one right here, mm -hmm. and, and talk how back sexy to us. Tim sounds. Yeah. Exactly. You know, t tell Tim how good his microphone sounds. Yeah, whatever it is we're talking right. about in this, or in if this it doesn't, episode. Tell him that Tim's too. mic or whatever. And then oh, the well, other channels thing. are where we post news and we talk about, you know, various other Star Wars things. So the thing I'm actually afraid of is that since uh, Eric does the editing and he is kind of an audio master. My voice will really end up sounding like this. Is yeah, you know that chipmunk plug-in? That'd be awesome. Yeah, I do have that. I, I should. Uh, I know you do. I know. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. Yes. Oh, boy. Uh, one last thing for you. Uh, we do now have some merchandise on the store. I, I'm not wearing my random shirt. I'm wearing moisture wicking shirt because it's so hot today. But um, we have shirts. We have mugs. We have stickers. Um, I, I got one of the random chatter, uh, premium t-shirts. The quality is really nice. Nice logo on the front. Can't wait mm -hmm. to wear that out when it gets uh, a little less sticky up here. I mm -hmm. wore mine to, to work base. on Friday. Nice. And it's 60 degrees where I work. So I almost ordered a sweatshirt. I think I may order a random chatter sweatshirt. They are very nice and fluffy and warm and wonderful. Good. It's like wrapping yourself in one of Lou's cats. Wow. Tim, so they're made out of cat, cat hides? Uh, I would have to 
like take a look at the list. That's what we need. You know what we need? Porg, Porg hide sweatshirts. We could do that. <laughs> that would be good. Porg hide <laughs> hoodies. Maybe, maybe, Zippered hoodies. You know, how, about, how about a Porg down pillow? You've heard of goose down, right? Porg down. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that would be nice. Interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah. we're, we're still working on that Echo Base logo. Yeah, but I tell you, I had two days off this month. Did, did I, I, I did, which is why I'm rubbing it in. <laughs> Otherwise, I just say, yeah, I'll get to it when you get to it. But because you've been so swamped, it's more fun to poke at you about it. <laughs> I was telling these guys, we did hire some new people at work. I see a light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not a train. So I'm pretty happy. Well, that's, that. that's good. <laughs> that's the thing, uh, you know, just to remind people out there, this is a volunteer network here. So, you know, sometimes real life has to has to take priority. We've tried talking to our supervisors about the importance of the random chatter network and getting echo base out and, and all of these other projects. Mm. And they just roll their eyes at us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. get a lot of love out of that. I, I am my supervisor and I roll my eyes at me. I know, which I mean, <laughs> how messed up is that? Oh, Tim. Hey Lou, you yeah. uh, have a network announcement of your, well, not a network announcement, but a personal announcement, right? I do. I do. I, I have followed in Tim's footsteps and I have become a member of the 501st now. Congratulations. My mud trooper got approved and I am now officially TX97421. You're a Texan? No. <laughs> no, not Texan. No. Well, TX. shouldn't it have been like CT something? No, no. No. But T TX is the designator for the uh, special operations group. Oh, with, uh, so he's within... one of those. He was a special <clears throat> trooper. Yes, yes, I understand. As, as am I. As, as am I. Yes. Yep. So I am now the only one on the show who's not a member of the 501st. We got to change that. Hey, if you guys want to help build me a uniform, I, I'm all we'll, for that. We'll, we'll I do have not to, have the resources here to do it. Let's see. We'll have is to there talk some time about what you want. Imperial yeah. custodial staff? There, uh, there yeah, is, I'll be a janitor trooper. Start it up. Yeah, yeah. They I'm not sure why they had white armor, but they, they do have those guys. Walk around in like a, a kind of a messed up armor and a big mop. Yeah, I'll do yeah. it. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? No, I love works. the mashup costumes. I'll pick something absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. And uh, yeah, you but might not have costumes to get you approved. Yeah. You won't be approved as a 501st. Well, you know. Yeah, so I think it's about, about six months to when I started to now. So I'm pretty happy with that. Good. And I, I was, well, I was glad because uh, my garrison did the um, Weird Al concert Friday night at Mohegan Sun. Really? And I got approved like the day before. And I'm like, any chance you guys need a last minute mud trooper? <laughs> <laughs> but they had the guest list already set up, so oh, didn't get it. Oh, no. Oh, well, next time. Yeah, they always take a local garrison to do his shows, and they usually do, I think, an equal number of uh, either four or, sorry, uh, eight or six um, white armor troopers on stage with him and Bader. Yeah. And various other characters in the background if they want to be off stage. So cool. Yeah, definitely. They had fun. Okay. So, so what do we got from, uh, for news this week? I haven't even looked over the notes. Well, you know, it's been kind of a slow news week. The only stuff really has been what's come out of San Diego comic con. And as we've discussed before, they moved a lot of the episode nine stuff to D 23. So mainly what we got, were things from uh, Penguin Random House, a little bit from Hasbro. I spent about three hours this afternoon going over YouTube videos for you guys. Nice. So, 
Find some good stuff? Uh, yeah, some some good things. So this isn't like, um, you know, people think of San Diego Comic-Con and they think of Hall H and, oh my gosh, they just announced the next 10 years worth of Marvel movies and, and stuff like that. Uh, we're not quite talking that level, but there are some okay. interesting uh, pieces of news here, especially about books and comics. And I think it's good news. I think that Star Wars fans, if they're not excited today about it, when this stuff gets released, they're going to be really happy. Okay. So, the first thing I found, uh, and this was actually a little bit late in the, the presentation, but in ramping up to the journey to the rise of Skywalker, you guys remember the journey to the Force Awakens, right? Yeah. Yeah. How'd you feel about so, that? Not really good. <laughs> it, it didn't really feel like it led up to Force Awakens, did it? No, it never did. It no. didn't feel like it for The Last Jedi either. No, it did not. However, good news. Now that now that they're about to end everything, they finally got it right. You sure about that? I'm pretty confident this time. We have things that directly lead into the rise of Skywalker. We've heard that before. I know. Well, I'm going to tell you why I believe it. The okay. the biggest announcement probably from this panel is a four issue comic book series leading into the rise of Skywalker. And it's called the rise of Kylo Ren. Mm. This is being done by Charles soul. And it's going to be released in December. And the implication is, and when I say implication, I mean the, the direct implication without him <laughs> being able to give spoilers is that this is going to tell us, this is going to actually tell us what happened in Ben Solo's conversion to Kylo Ren and about the Knights of Ren. So this was the big quote, one more thing reveal from the Penguin Random House panel. So Soul that said- That sounds awesome. It, the direct quote from him, he said, yeah, so Luke and Kylo and the Knights of Ren, what you think that story is, that's this book. In my head, I call it From Ben to Ren. So- Sounds really good. This allegedly is going to present the backstory about the Knights of Ren, about Ben's fall from Luke's Academy and all of that. You guys don't seem I'm, impressed. You guys are I'm like hopeful, but eh. I, I keep having flashbacks to aftermath and the fact that, that didn't really get me where I wanted to be. You know, I'm like, you know, this, fair enough. But aftermath never claimed to be about like it was never promoted as a prequel to the force awakens. We saw journey to force awakens and made some pretty dang reasonable assumptions based on that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we were going out on a limb. No, no, we, we were not. Were. <laughs> I mean, but aftermath was supposed to kind of build that bridge. And it's interesting. You mentioned it, Lou, because probably, I don't know. I think last week in the middle of one of my travels somewhere, I got thinking about some of these, uh, you know, road to types of things. And I got thinking about aftermath, which yes, Eric, I agree that it wasn't billed officially as kind of a, a road to episode seven. Uh, you know, it, and I was one of the people who defended aftermath quite a bit. I mean, there were a lot of folks who were, who didn't like the, the perspective that it was written by, which I, I still do appreciate. And I still do appreciate the stories for what they were and the characters as they were, 
But one thing that I was hopeful for, and I think a lot of people were hopeful for, was that it was going to give us a little bit more substance mm-hmm. in terms of where the sequel movies were going. Now, that said, I am waiting to completely reserve judgment or or maybe change my opinion because it does seem like episode nine may have a very strong link to the last of the after, the aftermath books. Um, How so? So uh, with the, in the, the kid that Palpatine recruited. Okay. And I, I'm thinking there's a strong connection there, especially considering that we're going to see something of Palpatine, whether it is him in person or force ghost or technology or whatever. We, we still don't know what that's going to be, but we know there's going to be stop smiling, Eric. Damn it. I'm uh, not, but we know you are I frowned you for the are. last 12 months straight. Now that I'm smiling, <laughs> you act like it's a bad thing. It's because I know why you're smiling because you know something, um, I know everything, but so I, whatever, I, I, I'm hopeful that there's still a connection there. Um, and, and I guess if there is, I'll be happy about it, but it's an awful long time to wait for that payoff considering that episodes seven and eight. Oh, wow. We saw snap big deal. I really yeah. couldn't care less. No I mean, offense to the actor, no offense to his role in the story, but I really couldn't have cared less about snap. Wexley. I, you know, well, I, I mean, like Eric said, the assumptions that we made were we were getting this bridging storyline to mm-hmm. carry us from the destruction of the second Death Star to the movie, right? And, right. and it yeah. didn't happen. And then we had the same kind of you know thought process leading up to the Last Jedi, and that didn't happen. Now, we, we do have yeah, to I mean, to give a couple of caveats, though. Number one. In the journey to TFA, we had 30 years to cover. And number two, the series was called Aftermath. So I can kind of understand why it would cover things right after Return of the Jedi. It, you know, it wasn't called Prologue or, or something right, that would indicate, right. you know, it's, it, it's but it didn't labeled as an epilogue. I mean, even if we were looking for... Um, you, you know, the, the, the state of the galaxy, the state of, we didn't get that. No, we didn't get nope. enough about what, I mean, and that would be to me is aftermath. It's I like, would say bloodlines probably gave us the best glimpse right. of the context, at least politically in the galaxy. And then event wise, we got some things later in aftermath, but they felt kind of scattered and like, oh, here's another thing that happened. We're going to look at it real quick and move on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I agree I, I with mean, all of that. With, but. with the stuff we have in the show notes here about like him saying, you know, I think of it in my head from Ben to Ren, I don't see how they can't give us what we're looking for. Right. <laughs> you know, Listen, if that's what he's saying this is, it's I'm, pretty I'm clear. Say, I watched this guy on stage. He, again, right at the end, they, they kept saying, uh, can, can we talk about uh, Project Luminous? No, we can't. We can't. Okay. We could talk a little bit about Project Luminous, right? No, no. Okay. So this was kind of the end where instead of giving giving us that, they were going to give us something else special. They, I mean, they went all in on this when the guy is sitting there saying, this is, you think about Luke and Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren, what you think that story is, that's this book. He clearly stated what your expectations are about what I'm describing right now. You are exactly correct in those expectations. So if it's not, 
Like nobody's ever going to listen to this guy again. Right. He blatantly lied yeah. to us that if that's yeah. the case. No. So I yeah. trust that this is exact. And right on the cover, it's Kylo Ren with all of the Knights of Ren behind him. So you can't not cover that in this story. This is what he says it is. I'm confident. Okay. If in his head, he's calling it from Ben to Ren. It's got to talk about Ben and it's got to talk about him becoming Ren. Like he's narrowed it down really, really tightly. So I'm thinking this is, this is a good start to having a, you know, a road to such and such sort of series. Yeah, now, I agree. We're getting another prequel comic book series too. And this one is going to focus. It looks like more on the resistance. This one is called journey to the rise of Skywalker allegiance. It is also a four issue comic book series from Marvel. It is coming sooner. It's coming in October. So they didn't really talk about it in the panel. They mentioned it. They showed all four covers, which was kind of a, I forget the term for it, but if you put all of the covers side by side, it makes one big mural. So that is coming as well. And that seems, again, to lead directly into uh, the Rise of Skywalker. It's got all of the Resistance members there. It's got uh, the Knights of Ren. It's got blah, 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 Poe Dameron, etc. Uh, what else? Force Collector which we've talked a little bit about before. It looks like maybe it's going to be kind of a young adult novel. It -hmm. is confirmed to have a direct connection to Galaxy's Edge and Batu, as expected. They talked a little bit about that. Um, Looking over the show notes here for the other things that are directly tying into the journey to Rise of Skywalker. Uh, The uh, Resistance Reborn novel. I imagine that's probably going to be uh, the the big thing book-wise that's going to fill in the gap. And it, again, is directly filling that gap between Episode 8 and Episode 9 and, and the time period in between and what's going on with the Resistance. Yeah, which uh, there is a reasonably significant time frame there that has to be accounted for and we'll get some stories for obviously if you don't read the books that's fine because i'm sure that either the opening crawl or the first few minutes of the movie are kind of going to explain what they've been doing uh in very general terms but it's always cool to get these more detailed stories that give us some very specific adventures and that kind of fun stuff yeah we talked before about Dooku, the uh, Jedi Lost. Have you guys listened to that audio drama? I have not. No. Okay. Uh, I have. Uh, it was, I've heard some it, mixed things about it. Yeah. I've not heard anything bad, but I've heard people either say, yeah, it's pretty good and insightful, or it was just okay. I guess I was never all that interested in the character of, of Dooku. I think this book made him a little bit more interesting. It did give a lot of backstory on him. So if you are into the backstory of the characters, it's, I call it a book, an audio drama. It it gave a lot of, of good content there. Is there any tie in to master and apprentice with it? A little bit. Yeah. Um, the, what's the character's name? Did you listen to the audio book for that, Tim? No, I read it. Oh, I was going to say the guy with the Southern accent. Uh, Oh, so was um, the other yeah, I, I, the, the other Jedi, the, the one other who apprentice was... uh, of Dooku's. Yeah. So the Jedi yep. that was 
the um what's the term that he used for that planet the regent yes yeah okay yeah, he was marshalling or protecting the queen to be or king to be whatever it was right yeah the queen to be um he is in uh dooku jedi lost okay cool not okay. super prominent but he's there qui-gon jinn also appears it's it's good it's um my big issue with it was if you get it through Audible, which you have to because it's an, an audio drama, it's only about maybe, I want to say five hours long, six hours long. So if you're looking for quantity of content, it's about half as long as you would get in a standard audiobook. which if you are looking at the economics of it, makes it a mm. bit of a hard buy. If mm -hmm. you're a Star Wars fan, especially if you are interested in the prequels, I would say it's good. I'd say you'd enjoy it. But okay. you're going to have well, a, a, another opportunity to find out. What's that? I said, on Audible, you always buy it as opposed to using a credit. That's true. You know, if it's some, one of those less expensive things, I usually buy them outright instead of buying it with a credit. Yeah, if it's uh, 14 or less. Yeah. Yeah, just buy it. You can also now buy the hardcover coming up uh, pretty soon here. I believe uh, let's get the show notes October. It is going to be released in hardcover. We'd had rumors about that before because it popped up on Amazon in Europe, I think. But it is now confirmed. Uh, it will be the script from the radio drama, and it will include the stage direction and the narration. The radio drama was done out on a sound set with a uh, soundstage with people walking around in different locations on, on the stage to create more realism. So this is going to include the actual set direction. And uh, the narration and some notes, like margin notes and things like that. So that's all going to be in there. Nice. So what else? Uh, they had some other books. I'm not going to get into all the kids' books and stuff. I, I don't know that the demographic of Echo Base cares in that much detail about <laughs> it. It's out there if you want to find it. The Visual Guide for the Rise of Skywalker by Pablo Hidalgo mm -hmm. has a big old Knight of Ren on the cover which mm -hmm. looked very cool. Yep. It also shows a new ship. Yeah. Oh, now see, I didn't take that close a look at that. What do yeah, we know about that? Is, it doesn't look all that interesting to me. I mean. Oh, now he puts a link in the show notes. Let me look here. I did. It's been there. Screen it ramp. It was there, yeah. So it's, well, it didn't show up. On <laughs> <laughs> so it's called the Tie Dagger. Mm-hmm. It's basically a TIE fighter with arrow-shaped solar panels on the side. So it's a TIE <laughs> I mean, interceptor, just not as rounded. Yeah. The thing that I like about it, though, is that the panels are um, kind of doubled up. Yeah. So like stacked, if you look yeah. at the, the wing that's kind of at an angle facing you, you see that there's like a, a second panel on the front of that. So here's uh, the funny thing about solar panels. If you put another layer of solar panels on top of them, <laughs> the ones underneath are useless. Eric, I have lots of questions. Somebody should have told the Empire about that. I know. Physics well, that explains do why they're not apply. doing so good. Physics do not apply. <laughs> uh, oh, they've got DO on the cover. Look at that. So... Um, what else? Delilah Dawson. She talked a little bit about Black Spire. 
And I'm going to say this, and I think people might not totally understand what she was getting, so I'll explain it a little bit. But she said that Black Spire, a novel coming out soon that takes place on Batuu, is kind of like the Brooklyn Nine-Nine of Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Come again? Okay, so her point was more that it's about a group of people who are working together and having fun and it it's kind of in in the same way that she I think she's talking about the group dynamics and the camaraderie amongst the main characters. I don't think she's saying the book is supposed to be a sitcom comedy you know <laughs> Lord, goofiness. Yeah. So um I, I hate to the, even. The thing is, I mean, I'm kind of okay but. with subgenre stuff, and if they do something that is, I mean, I don't want it to be goofy, but if they do something that's a little more lighthearted, or maybe something that is like a series of interactions, maybe not necessarily like the old tales books that we that we have in legends, but yeah. you know, little vignettes and little stories to kind of help give us the setting of Batu. I I'm, I'm pretty cool with that. I, I like the, I like the concept. If you remember back to some of the interactions of the X wing series, and I don't remember which ones, but if you look at the interactions between um, wedge and Tilly's West Jansen, um, the, the, the various, like the, the old veteran guys where they're kind of hanging mm -hmm. out and cracking jokes and, and yeah, they just, they've got a flow going. Mm -hmm. I think that's what she's getting at here. Yeah. Because they could still be serious. They still were serious in getting the job done, but they had a particular banter to them that. Right. That worked and it worked in the story and you could imagine. Yeah. And that would be okay. I yeah, think that's I mean, what you, she's you, going you for. You look, if you look at the context of her description life. on stage, that's what I think she was trying to get across. Yeah. Now it is yeah. also you going to have these. Oh, go ahead. You can imagine these characters in real life kind of having that type of relationship and those kinds of interactions. And, you know, they can be official and totally serious when they need to. But it's also, you know, they have long hyperspace trips from point A to point B. Right. And that's you know, good. That makes it more realistic. Yeah. They're living I, I together. They're training together. They're doing these operations together. I mean, they've right. essentially become family. And that's, you know, it, you either have to crack jokes or you hate each other. Pick right. one. And it's mm. no fun watching a bunch of people sitting around hating each other. Trust no. me, did that at work for the last 12 months? <laughs> Not fun. I, I guess it's just a question of if you can pull that off in book format. Because writing that is a lot different than you know, acting true. that. But again, we have to look at what what is she trying to pull off. And again, if we look at yeah. it in comparison to the old X-Wing novels, I think that Delilah Dawson has that sort of technique to her characterizations that I think it's going to work. Also, it's going to yeah. feature uh, prominently as main characters, Cardinal and the spy that was in the Phasma novel recounting mm -hmm. the story during the interrogation. Okay. Which makes it really interesting because the, I mean, that was Cardinal who was interrogating that person. And I, I mean, there's been some presumption that Cardinal changes sides or true yeah. something of the sort. So maybe it's that spy that helps kind of bring Cardinal out. And so I think there's that is what I'm guessing. Be, even if there's a kind of a lighthearted 
shell to this story, the guts of it, I think, can be pretty serious and impactful. So yeah. mm -hmm. I agree. I'm looking forward to this. And I think Delilah okay. Dawson has done pretty well so far uh, with most of yeah. her books in Star Wars. And yeah, I'm I'm on board with this. Tim Zahn talked a little bit. And he was asked about the upcoming Thrawn novel called Thrawn Treason. And there's not a lot of news here to talk about, really, other than he pointed out that, do you remember in Rebels, there was a period where Thrawn was called away back to Coruscant to defend mm -hmm. his, ironically, to defend his TIE Defender program. Yes. Because Krennic was trying to get funds for his Stardust mm -hmm. program, the Death Star. So that is where at least part of this story, I think early in the book, uh, takes place. So that's kind of the time frame. And it will also feature Eli Vanto. He's returning. Admiral cool. Ariana, I think it's pronounced. And the Chiss. Now, Admiral cool. Ariana, or Ar no, Ar Arlani? Arlani, I think. Arlani. Arlani. Yes. Okay, I'm reading yep. the show notes wrong here. She was actually a Legends character. I had to go yeah. back and look her up on Wikipedia. So she is going to be returning for this novel as well. And that's about all he, he really said about it. But yeah, he doesn't I, have to say anything about it to get no. us interested in his novels. It's Thrawn. I mean, yeah, that's all Thrawn in it? Thrawn. Yeah, okay. And that's all you need to know. You know, if they had a book about two crew members sitting and having an hour-long conversation, but Thrawn was sitting behind them, I'd read it because <laughs> Thrawn is there hanging out and that's good enough for me. So the, uh, one of the cool things they were going through some of the covers for the ongoing star Wars comic book series. And just kind of as an aside, you know, near the end, you kind of just start lightning rounding all of the stuff you've got coming out. They had one cover that looked really cool and it was Chewbacca and Darth Vader taking up the entire cover of this comic book with their arms like locked Chewbacca holding up Darth Vader's arms while Darth Vader is trying to push his lightsaber down on Chewbacca. Cool. It looked really intense. It looked good. So I might have to Interesting. pick that up just to, to check it out. The ultimate pop-up galaxy book. It's obviously a pop-up book. And I was like, Oh, okay, great. Another, kids book, but I saw this come up on YouTube about a week ago. Someone who made the book, I think took it into Steve Sansweet at Rancho Obi-Wan and gave him a gift copy. And in exchange for getting to film Steve Sansweet, go through the book and everything. Steve Sansweet was completely enthralled with this thing. It looks so freaking cool. It covers the entire saga and the things that pop up, not only are they pretty intricate, but they move. They're animated. You pull different tabs, different things open up. And like you can look inside of different vehicles with people inside doing different things. And uh, the, the walkers, actually, their legs move around. And it was really these, awesome. These guys, were, these guys were at Celebration Chicago, weren't they, Tim? Were they? They didn't have this book there, but they had other pop-up books they were doing, and they, they were talking about Star Wars stuff coming up. Um, I want to say it's the same people. Could be. Because their stuff was have. incredible. They, they were, it was right near the FFG booth, like kind of behind it, heading towards that big diorama they had. 
Mm. It could be the same people. I think you could be right, Lou. I Yeah, I think so. Well, the one unique thing about this book that I've never seen in a pop-up book before, you can open it up and take all of the different pop-up pages and unfold the sections and lay them all out on a table so that you've got oh, wow. all of the pop-up sections at once. So it takes up the size of, I mean, not like a full coffee table, but when it's expanded, it, mm -hmm. it's taken up quite a bit of space. Cool. And it looks awesome. And uh, that's, I think that's pretty much it from the Penguin Random House panel. Uh, it was about an hour long and they went through some kind of fluffy stuff at the beginning about, you know, well, who's your favorite person to write and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I'm not covering all of it, but as far as the content, uh, I think I hit everything in the list here. I think that the ramp up to Rise of Skywalker Finally, this journey to thing that they're doing actually is going to be a journey to the movie. Let's hope so. Yeah, this is the first time I've been confident that that's the case. And uh, looks like some good stuff coming out. Nice. So, nice. well, it's a, the thing is, I think the big difference is. While these have been buildups to movies, they've also been buildups to buildups, if you will. Whereas this is now the buildup to the finale. And I think it's, they need to tie some things together a little bit better. They need to take care of some loose ends. They need to make things a little bit more meaningful. Yeah. And that's, yeah. So I'm, I'm, this I'm is their last shot. Yeah. I'm much more hopeful that, well, I mean, it's not entirely their last shot because 10 years from now they can still write books that take place between these movies. And that's cool. But, but it is the last I shot want, to, well, to hype up like a prologue before the movie is released. In that yeah, context, right. it's yeah. I want what I mean, we're going to get now to be very, very meaningful. Yeah. Right. Cause I mean, all this stuff that we're seeing here that we're all going to read and a lot of our listeners are going to read the average public isn't going to read all this stuff going into it. And, and it, it, if there's grumbling about from the fans that this wasn't a good lead into the movie and things weren't explained, the general public may kind of lose faith in the book, in the movies too. You know, I mean, that's kind of how things have been the last yeah. two times that, you know, it didn't get everything we wanted to get across. It wasn't really a lead into it. Well, one major difference right now in Star Wars storytelling versus prior to episode seven, the creators know how it ends. Mm -hmm. So with episode seven, they didn't know who was going to direct episode eight. They didn't know. Yeah, they knew certain milestones that were going to be hit. They had an idea of where the overall trilogy was going to go. But they didn't know what that path was going to look like. So there were a lot of things that were off limits. And they couldn't really touch because kind of like way back in the day when Timothy Zahn started the original Thrawn trilogy with the heir to the Empire, mm -hmm. George Lucas wouldn't let him write anything about um, Obi-Wan's history, Obi-Wan being a clone because Jor Sabaoth was originally supposed to be a clone of Obi-Wan. There were things that were off limits. The Clone Wars were off limits because Lucas had plans for it. Same thing. Going into episode seven, there were a lot of things that I think that they didn't know exactly how things were going to turn out. Well, right now they've got the movie, like they're doing the reshoots. They know what they're going to end up with. It's 
it, it's not quite as secretive, I don't think. And, and they can actually plan out how things are going to go. And in fact, I wonder if after episode nine comes out, maybe we won't see return to uh, more trilogies and more of an ongoing continuity set after episode nine in the novels like we used to have way back in the day. One of the reasons I think we haven't had anything about an ongoing continuity is it would interfere with the movies and they're really keeping mm. uh, canon universal right now. And, and the continuity is uh, ubiquitous, ubiquitous across all of the different forms of media. Maybe after episode nine, they're going to take the gloves off and say, okay, you guys go ahead and continue the story going forward. But regardless, right now they can lead into episode nine with a little bit more clarity about exactly what to lead into because they know this is the end. They've got all of the storytelling that they're planning to do already planned out. There are no more unknowns within Lucasfilm right now with this part of the story. That makes sense. And I think Hopefully. they didn't have that with episode seven. So no, no, you're absolutely right. They did not. So, have you guys looked at the Hasbro stuff? I've seen bits and pieces over the weekend. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, a couple things popped out at me that that helmet. Yeah, for, let's talk that helmet. That thing looks amazing. I yeah, I really forgot does. that they were doing a black series of wearable cosplay helmets. I the only one I've seen so far, I think, was the pilot helmet, right? Uh, X-wing pilot. Right. That, that's the only one they've had out. Okay. This one looks awesome. I mean, Boba Fett, it's the Empire Strikes Back version. They went yep. and scanned the original 1979 prop from Lucasfilm, did 3D scanning of it, got the paint job correct right down to all of the, the blaster scoring, mm -hmm. <sighs> adjustable it looks, viewfinder. It looks great. Yeah. I mean, the LEDs, it lights up. It's like, man. I didn't know. So one of the things that lights up is in... Inside the helmet, it has a heads-up display. Really? Oh, I didn't see that. Yes. Nice. No. It does. I didn't see it, but that I watched a YouTube sick. video with a guy interviewing Hasbro staff members at the booth, and the person who was describing the helmet explained that you can hit a button, and I don't know if it's in coordination with the viewfinder coming down or how it works exactly. They didn't get into the details, but there is an internal heads-up display you can turn on. That's viewable from inside the helmet. That's insane. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. sweet. Now it's static. Obviously it doesn't actually, you know, you can't check your text messages from your iPhone on it, but that's yeah, still freaking yeah, how long awesome. before somebody does that though. Let's build an yeah, Apple watch right? into that display. So it comes down and <laughs> get the Google glass thing going inside the, uh, but I, awesome. I, one thing I will say, though, is that consider the stuff that some of the Mando Mercs have done in terms because I, they yeah. have so much uh, unless they're going for something that's screen accurate like Boba Fett. They have so much flexibility in the stuff that they design mm -hmm. and they've actually built, um, you know, iPhones into their armor. Yeah. So they can mm -hmm. like they can answer their phone. They can do voice activated stuff. They can use apps for different sounds and that kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, it's in my wrist, just like you would expect something in universe to be. Right. Right. It's not. It's not out of the question. Unrealistic. Yeah. To integrate something into your visor. I, that's just 
Absolutely. I mean, maybe just a few years down the road to have, and and obviously some cash. (laughs) Yeah, obviously some cash. Yeah, this Boba Fett helmet, I don't know what the price point is on it, but I'm sure it's more economic than some of the Mando Merc options. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They had the hyper-real Darth Vader on display, and they introduced a new hyper-real figure, uh, Bespin Luke, with eight swappable hands and two swappable heads. Now, if you're not familiar with this, this is kind of their version of what Hot Toys has done, where they are mm-hmm. super, super, super realistic mm-hmm. figures. I think they're about the size of the Black Series, but they're fully uh, I think they're eight inch. Are they eight inch? So they're. I think they're eight inch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think they're. I think they're eight inch, and it's great. I mean, it's a. It's kind of a price point maquette, essentially. I yeah. mean, they're what like eighty or a hundred dollars, but like you know, you go for uh, hot toys or some other kind of maquette and you could be spending a few hundred. Oh, I so, think the hot toy stuff typically starts at two fifty. Yeah. 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 So I, I think these are really cool and they have a lot of neat stuff. The, what the was Vader really interesting. Yeah. I mean, it looks incredible. And actually the Bespin Luke looks surprisingly good. What impressed me about it too, was on display in their case, they had a skeleton. There's a metal skeleton with a complete separate torso section and separate uh, hip and pelvic section uh, right down to the feet of, mm-hmm. of this figure. So it, when you pose it, it actually has a skeletal structure inside to accompany that posing. And it, so it's not like just a, a piece of wire that's bendable or, or something like that. And it's not ball joints at the elbows, like traditional action figures. Yeah, it has an internal structure to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, if you want to know what that skeleton looks like, um, I just find a recent picture of Uncle Owen. <laughs> uh, now this one isn't quite as charred up, though. Mm. Yeah, they the had some new five-inch Galaxy of Adventure figures. Um, you guys are familiar with the Galaxy of Adventure stuff. Mm-hmm. The kind of cartoony old school yeah. looking. Yeah. yeah. Well, they've got yeah. an action figure line for that. Now, again, it's got that cartoon style, kind of a star Wars rebelsy sort of thing, but maybe even a little more, um, I don't know. It, it kind of, to me, it feels kind of a uh, manga ish, uh, but they've got Chewbacca, Han Solo, three C3PO and Darth Vader right now. And each of them have a quote feature action. So like Chewbacca can grab and throw things and Vader can swing his lightsaber and Han does a quick draw action on his blaster and C-3PO apparently falls apart. <laughs> yeah. Right. Which is about what C-3PO is good for. So I, yeah. I, I think they nailed it. They look really cool though. They remind me a little bit of the old uh, Disney infinity figures. That kind of exaggerated yes, style. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so I think they look cool like it's just a display piece. Uh, They're not bad. And then the only other thing that I've got from San Diego Comic-Con, I found a video by accident. I haven't even seen this anywhere on on any blog posts or anything, but Mark Hamill was given the 2019 Comic-Con Icon Award, which I don't know much about the award. I guess they give it to people who they feel have represented uh, the value of, of comic books and comic book content within the fan community. 
Very cool. So, yeah. So good job. Well, Mark. And the thing is, I mean, obviously the big focus is on the stuff on his role as Luke Skywalker. And then second to that, a lot of people know him for his voice acting work for uh, Joker, mm-hmm. but he has done so much other work outside of that, that he often doesn't get recognized or remembered for. And, um, and there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, really, that's also very much related to the fandom. I mean, it may not be strictly in star Wars, but just so many things that he's done. I mean, even most recently, uh, voicing Chucky in, uh, uh, what's the hell's name of the movie? Um, child's play child's play. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, so he, picks up some of these things that a lot of people can acknowledge him for. So, I mean, he's very busy. He, the guy does a lot of stuff that I think a lot of people don't realize if they're just kind of, if they just have the blinders on focused on star Wars. Yeah. And you know, I, I started, I'm on a website right now looking this up and, um, I just got Marvel ultimate Alliance three. And I was playing it and I could have sworn he does the voice for Green Goblin because it sounds so much like the Joker that if it's not him, it's someone trying to do him. Um, nope. Okay. Well, close enough. <laughs> it's Steve Bloom. Oh, okay. Okay. Also known as Zeb from Star Wars yep. Rebels. So, <clears throat> oh, and look at this. James Arnold Taylor does Cosmo. The dog. Hmm. And um, I saw Vanessa Marshall in here somewhere. Let me see if I can scan through and I'll recognize her. Her name's been popping up everywhere lately picture. on my feeds, doing different things. Yeah. Yeah, she's done it. She's starting to do a lot for Marvel now. Uh, well, not just now, she has been, but that's right. even picking up even more. And um, I believe she voices Gamora in the uh, the animated series. Which, hey, the the more work Vanessa can get, the better. You know, oh, yeah. We're big Vanessa fans here, so. Um, oh, okay, Vanessa Marshall, and I'm clicking hackers. Now I'm really curious as to what she found. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't. Fascinating podcasting. Say, I know. Hey, the people here love Vanessa, and they love Steve Bloom, <laughs> and they love James Arnold Taylor, so. Hush, Lou. Don't make Tim kick you off of the call because he does that apparently. Yeah, he'll he'll do that in a heartbeat. (laughs) I know, right? Well, speaking of the Joker and Mark Hamill, the official picks store uh, later this year is going to be offering two exclusive. I think you might be able to order them now or at least pretty soon. No, you can't order them now because the pricing is still pending for this. They're offering two exclusive limited edition Funko Pop figures. One is Mark Hamill. And one is the same Mark Hamill head, but with the body of the Joker from the animated series. And they are going to yes. offer both signed and unsigned versions. Now, is that only from official picks or is that? Uh, based on what was posted on the force.net, it looks like it's exclusive to official picks. Hmm. Cause I thought Funko put that on Instagram that they were coming out with these two new Pop figures. Okay. Maybe it's not, ex- I'll, I'll tell you what probably is Maybe exclusive to ones. official picks is the signed ones. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which another thing to keep in mind, I don't think Mark Hamill is doing any more um, signature events. 
So I think he's still doing things from time to time through official picks, but once he stops, that's it. So if you really want mm. a Mark Hamill autographed item, you better get it soon. Just throwing that out there. But that's about yeah. it. I mean, that's the news for this week. Yeah, kind of a slow news week, but some fun yeah. stuff, especially for collectors. Yeah. And, you know, the book stuff, it's not like it's not exciting stuff. But when well, the no, books come out I mean, and they're good books, I think we're going to be really happy right. about it. Yeah. When it when it gives you good, meaty stories to dig into. Right. Uh, I like that. Yeah. In fact, I had uh, this past, not this weekend, but the weekend before was, um, uh, it was a con here in Connecticut I was trying to get to, and I could only go for a couple hours at my schedule. got all screwed up, but um, oh, I'm losing track right now. Who was the author that did Bloodlines? Uh, Claudia Gray. Yeah. Um, she was there, but unfortunately, my schedule, I missed her. She wasn't at the table when mm. I was there. I wanted to get a, a book signed. I brought my my um, copy of the... Um, um, Oh God! But I'm losing. What's the book with all the <laughs> different stories? Get old, um, I know it is. Uh, the one we got in your uh, different point of view. Different point of view. Yeah, mm. I've signed her portion of that. Yeah, you can tear up there. the rest of it. I know you don't like that, Eric. <laughs> there were some good parts. There were some really, really good stories in them. Unfortunately, it was a lot like Twitter, where you get a couple of really awesome <laughs> messages, and then everything else in there is like, oh my gosh, just shut up. No, I thought there was mostly good stuff and a few things that were just like, yeah. My favorite one has to be the Sith of, the Sith of Data Work. That was the one where the guy was trying to justify why he didn't shoot down the escape pod from the Teddy V4. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that yeah. was good. That, that was a great story. I like that one a lot. The Will Wheaton one was pretty good, too. <clears throat> yes. Um, yeah. Uh, there were a couple of good ones. You didn't like any of the ones that was sand. I know. <laughs> well, yeah. Very much well. against that. There you go. Yeah. Okay, well, that brings to the end of the episode, then, I guess. So, uh, unless you guys have anything last minute to add in, we'll just close it out. No? No, I'm good. Okay. So, we're going to close the blasters up here. The music we hear in this podcast is the Imperial March by Cell Dweller. Take care, everybody. 